ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we proudly present this podcast to you in all its glory. They are the bearded wonders, the twin sons from different mothers. He is Blake. He is Sal. And together they are the Blake and Sal Show. And if you're not okay with that, I have two words for you. Stay tuned. Greeting, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. Show episode number 317. I'm rolling it back to the 90s with my music today. I'm Blake. Let me bring on my co host. First of all, the biggest deal of podcasting, the really, really exhausted Sal. How you doing? Um, I'm sleepy. Yeah, so I, I, this is one of those mornings I kind of almost feel bad about doing the show today because I know you didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I kind of feel bad today. <laughs> Normally I make fun of you today. I feel bad. Yeah. All right, um, other co-hosts, our, the man, the myth, the legend, the man who's going to be putting up a swing in our front yard right after we get done with the show. He's going swinging. Going swinging. Mark, Dad, how you doing? <laughs> hey, doing as best I can depending on what's going on in the world today. So, you know, on the feeling good meter, I'll say we'll go about a five. How's that? Ooh, a five? Wow. That's low for you. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, um, I, I was inspired by the Last Dance docu-series, Sal, and I was like, I want to play a song from Space Jam. And I'm like, oh, I'll play the Monster Series. <laughs> I was like, and I, and it wasn't on Spotify, so I had to find it on YouTube. <laughs> I was like, okay, sure. Let's do this. Why not? Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> because there's well, so many you're taking requests, how about two turntables and a microphone? Well, not today. Um, but, uh, as this plays in the background, we have... A special guest on the line, someone who has not been on the show in a very, very long time. I, I wanted to look up the, the last time he was on the show, but I just didn't have a time. So. Yes. Did it. <laughs> Dun, 
Welcome back to the show. Oh, shit. The first time. I, I say it in at least two years. Kurt Hoffman, Kurt, welcome back. No, see how you doing? You, you notice Kurt said furloughed. So does that mean he's got to make his claim every week just to make sure? I made my claim yesterday. Yes. Fucked <laughs> <All right. laughs> him that. I'm close to the Cares Act Bank. Oh yeah, yeah. Sitting here on top of my throne of government money. Ray. <laughs> Yay. All right, Sal. Let's get into so, the show. Kurt, how you things. how you surviving this Corona? Wonderful thing. Uh, just uh, staying inside for the most part. Uh, wishing some stuff was open now that I like to usually do around this time. Because of the nice weather, but uh, till then I got uh, I got a PS4, I got a Nintendo Switch, and I uh, I have uh, I don't know dumbbells. <laughs> I keep myself busy. And of course, several streaming services. Oh yeah, yeah. God bless the internet. All right, let's start the show, Sal. We have to get started here. We have a lot to do. Help support the show and find all the platforms you can find this show and products. Oh, sorry that. And other products we work on at the revamped theblakeatsalshow dot com. Sal. Yes, and you can buy our shirts, stickers, hoodies. Car dashboard cover things and more. <laughs> go to our T Public store. Go to T Public or go search Blake uh, Yeah. Um. And also, go to the below the collar dot com and search for the show. And get all all our shirts there as well. Not all items. Sal says are actually available. Windshield covers. That's what Do we have there a Corona kit? <laughs> corona kit. <laughs> yeah, Corona kit. You know. You get the masks and some you know, Clorox and a mop. Um, no. No, we don't have that. No, um, okay. No, we do not. Well, Sal, we're going to go to commercial. No. We'll come back and we will get okay. into okay. our. We will get into things as I'm trying to figure out why my share screening thing is not going to work today. There we go. All right. I'll be right back. All right. Quick plugs. First of all, D5 The Mighty Ducks, of course, going up this week. And is um, my special guest is Tracy from the Bare Naked ABCs, good friend of mine. And over on the Blake and Sal at the Cons Quarantine Edition, we have the cast of Power Rangers Time Force from World of Virtual Experiences. So there you go. Those are your plugs. Right. Let's get into things. Sal, I, I, I swear, I had most of this run sheet done, like, on Monday. Like, I was done. I had the run sheet pretty much sat. And maybe add in an extra match from Double or Nothing or whatever. And then I started getting alerts, and then I realized that our top story had to change immediately. Yo, yeah. yo, yo, yo. Pop a 40 and check your rollies. It's rhyme time. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. We're bringing it, bringing it. I was waiting in the gutter. Uh, I run up on your mother for that. 
So, Monday, I'm starting to get alerts that um, we, that there's a wrestler that's lost. And I'm like, oh no, what's going on? Um, Shad Gaspar from Crime Time. He um, got caught riptide with his son. And um, the they came out to rescue them, lifeguards, and he said, take his son, leave him. And they went back and they couldn't find him. His body has been found. And Jasper, age 39, passed away. Um, this is one of the, mo the craziest things I've ever experienced and seen. And as a parent, I'm so proud of him for making the decision that he made. <laughs> but as a wrestling fan, it's sad because he's so freaking young. Sal, you're the... Yeah, uh, just it's a, it's a very unfortunate situation. Um, you know, the, the, that being in that scenario typically doesn't end well. No. So the fact that his son was able to survive and get out and 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 be safe, um, uh, you know, we have to look at the positive in that aspect. So uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, he had to make a sacrifice, and um, I just. I, I I I I hope that things for his family get easier as time goes on. Kurt, it is a very sad situation. But if I heard correctly through um, a, a I don't know I guess a, a third hand source, apparently this was like the first weekend that the Coast Guard was able to be on guard. Uh, so if this would have happened any time before that, there might have been no survivors. Yeah, so I heard that too. Unfortunately, the I heard kid the was thing. able to get out. Yeah, yeah. So it's fortunate the kid was able to get out okay, and uh, you know, he, he, the kid would, would hopefully know that you know that's very heroic of his dad to be able to save him like that. And uh, it's just, it's still a tragic thing that that event had to happen. But uh, at least one life came out of it okay. And that's probably what the focus should be right now for the family. I agree, Dad. Um, it's a tragic situation. And being as a parent, you make that split-second decision because then your parental instinct kicks in and basically says, okay, I want the emphasis on my child. And me, you know, I'll, I'll do whatever I can to basically save myself. But right now, I want my child to be safe because my child has things to do. And me, well, you know, I'll, I'll make the sacrifice and we'll see what happens. It's unfortunate that this happened. Uh, I know that the family will get through this. Uh, and I know there will be a lot of wrestlers that will – send their condolences and check in on them. And, you know, it kind of hits at the wrong time because with this corona situation and the social distancing and everything else, you know, you put that on top of what happened and it just becomes more complex. I, there is no good time. But as Kurt said, though, at least the lifeguards were there. Like, that could have been so much worse. It really could have been. So let's, let's move on. Um, we had another death that had started our up this show, and that was Fred Willard, who passed away at age 86, um, natural causes. And um, much like last week, I was able to dig up a clip um, before I play the clip. Dad, any thoughts? What, Fred Willard. Fred Willard, very great character actor. He's one of those, yeah, I've seen him guys before in different television shows and movies. Uh, he was one of these guys that uh, would 
new lines and new scenes, and then you'd kind of laugh your butt off because it was like it was just made for him. Whether or not he had any input on lines he said, no matter where he was, I, I hope he got some creative out of it. But this guy is just is just great, and he delivers his lines in such a smooth delivery that you don't see Joker the punchline coming. And he's going to be surely missed. He, he's got a great uh, comedic timing and a genius. And uh, the comedy, uh, the people in the comedy industry, they're going to feel that loss for, for Fred and his family. So, yeah, he was um, he was hysterical. I mean, I, I feel like no matter what role he played, he was just absolutely funny, um, naturally funny. And it didn't feel forced at all, which made it even better. Um, but he lived a, a great, nice, long life, and um, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, we will be able to continue to see him on, you know, television and stuff like that through reruns and stuff like that. Kurt, uh, just good. One of those good uh, comedic actor types. Not going to be anybody else like him. Uh, or, or if there's A's, they would just call him a Fred Willard type. So, um, good, good, one of a kind actor, gonna be missed and uh, will be remembered. Yeah, I. So I was like, I need to find a clip, and then it's actually Kyle that reminded me of him being in Wally, and I'm like, CJ was obsessed yes. with this movie, like, obsessed. As a matter of fact, Sal, did you know Wally came out on CJ's birth birth date? Not birthday, his birth <laughs> date. The day he was born, that movie came out. <laughs> so, right, I, I did go. get a clip from Wally, and here we go. Hey there, autopilot. Got some bad news. Um, Operation Cleanup has, well, uh, failed. Wouldn't you know, rising toxicity levels have made life unsustainable on Earth. Unsustainable? What? Uh, darn it all, we're going to have to cancel Operation Recolonize, so... Uh, just stay the course. Um, rather than try and fix this problem, it'll just be easier for everyone to remain in space. Easier? Mr. President. Uh, sure, I think... Sure. Uh, huh? Topical. Okay, I'm giving override uh, directive A113. Go to full autopilot, take control of everything, and do not return to Earth. Repeat, do not return to Earth. Let's get the heck out of here. All right. Well, that being said, let's move on. Some quick, some quick items. I just wanted to get a couple of quick items in here. So what did I miss? Um. Yeah. This is. I. I. And I'm not sure, Kurt. Kurt, where do you stand on the Arrowverse? I. <laughs> I stopped watching. For oh, jeez. Like it's got to be about over a half a year now. I did at least watch the entire Infinite and Crisis yes, Earth okay. event. Fair enough. I, I, was, I have to go back and catch up with the Flash. Good. Yeah. Well, Ruby Rose has left Batwoman, and this is a big deal. Like <laughs> I, this is the first time I've seen this kind of thing happen in the Arrowverse, where Ruby Rose, the star I Batwoman, who, by the way, I was really looking forward to stuff in the future crossover with Supergirl and Batwoman. Now that's not going to happen because the chemistry is not going to be the same. Um. And they're going to be replacing her in season two. Um, Dad, what do you think? Um, my understanding is that there was another actress that was cast as Batwoman 
before they had Ruby Rose. Um, now, whether or not, like you said, the chemistry is going to be there with the other actors and actresses, I, I, I'm not sure. Um, I'm no, I'm sure there will be another Arrowverse uh, crisis down the road, but who gets in it, I'm not sure. Um, the other thing now is that uh, Stargirl has made their pilot and it becomes a series. So whether or not they be inv they're involved in this Arrowverse crisis, I have no idea. Um, but I thought of something, and, and maybe it's just me looking at it another perspective, but it seems like when Arrow series came to a final uh, shooting and when they finished the series, it seems like all the other shows are somewhat unraveling. Well, and I don't that, want to see those shows go because that right in the middle of the that, such that, uh, that. great content and and creative in, in the characters that to see them go would just be a shame and a tragedy. It doesn't help that they renewed everything and then COVID happened and they had to they had to shut down all the production. That doesn't help things. I mean, when you when you're moving up your finale four episodes because you can't film the rest of your season, they're the problem. Like, you can't oh. control that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kurt, Kurt any thoughts? I mean, definitely. I can't wait to hear what the story was exactly, why Ruby Rose left. I think it's still a bit of a mystery as to why she decided not to come back. And I think it was her choice, too. I don't think it was CW's choice not to bring her back. But uh, I find it very peculiar how, how they went down. Because I thought she was a pretty good choice for Batwoman. So did I. I thought um, she was doing a good job. Personally, I never actually watched the show. Hey, what's I, that? I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a good choice for Batwoman. I, I just, I'm um, very curious to see how they're going to continue onwards. Um, move on to one more thing here. Quick item. Quick. I'm trying to get to the end of the way because we have a lot of wrestling to cover. Um, Sal, this one's for yeah. you. Then the NWHL they announced their sixth team. They're going to Toronto, and the name is terrible. Sal. Tell us your your feelings on the Toronto Six. Sal. Hello. That's such an unoriginal, uninspiring, lazy name. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm picturing <laughs> all these executives and people sitting around this big oval table in some big fancy office somewhere Zoom trying to think up of a name <laughs> and they're just like oh let's just name it six <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible it's absolutely terrible it's one of the worst names i've ever heard <laughs> it's awful <laughs> all right um i just want to sell i know sal is venting about this to me a tech message i had a lot of talk <laughs> um, one last item i have to bring it up here we were talking about the entertainment world and COVID and all the kind of stuff. Um, Disney on Broadway, I, I didn't think I'd be saying this being the first Broadway show to get shut down due to COVID. It's Frozen. I didn't expect that. Yes. <laughs> It'd be the first official <laughs> Broadway show to get shut down. Sal, we, we haven't played this in a very long time because I kind of lost the clip, but now I got our archives back again. So I found the clip. <laughs> and oh it's only, my god it's only fitting must you it's only fitting only fitting that a frozen clothing down on broadway i have to bring back this clip for one time only 
Kurt's wearing a very confused. He hasn't been to the show in a long time. But here we go. People need to relax. It is a movie. Everyone wants it. And if I get yelled at one more time from one more person that we don't have Elsa dresses for Halloween, I'm gonna snitch. I don't care, I hate this movie because people are going batshit crazy. This movie's been out for almost a year. No, 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 it's a thought world because Elsa froze everything and then the heat that's coming out of my ears melted everything. Let it go. Fuck you. Fuck you. Let it go. Fuck you and your melodies. Fuck you. Do, do you have Elsa dresses for Halloween? No. Fuck you, Scotty. No. They are a cash cow, and I'm going to have to wipe their ass after they take a shit in Norway. And in all seriousness, I love Disney. Disney is awesome. Frozen is awesome. <laughs> You have to say that because you're Please, please don't fire me. Arendelle is the best place on earth. <laughs> Next topic, please. I'm stopping. I haven't played that a long time. Funny <laughs> story. Me. They did fire me. They did fire you. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did they fire you or you left? I think they fired him. No, they fired me. I have to go back. I think they fired him. <laughs> Kurt's over there like, wow. Oh, this is, fuck Disney. I haven't been on this show in a long Disney, time. Fuck Disney. <laughs> wow. Me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get on with this. Let's get on to things. It's funny part is having Kurt back here. I, I haven't played, we played the wrestling intro anymore, and a lot of people don't even know where these clips come from, and that's from our guest today. It's been a long time, so let's play this. Somebody call for the nature boy Rick Flair to come out here and say a thing or two. Under the sea, under the sea. Oh, what a rush! 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 What a wonderful phrase! Stop! Listen! Because... 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 I am Lance Catamaran. Alright, we're back. Kurt, is that big my memory? Oh, plenty. Oh, plenty. <laughs> <laughs> Akuma Matata! <laughs> I did do that. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Oh, man. I love, I love playing that stuff. All right, Sal. Let's get into the news. Um, Hey, Dad, how about give us a news jingle? Wow, that's terrible. Dad, Sal, okay. take it away. News, go. <laughs> okay. Uh, NXT TakeOver in your house was announced for Sunday, June 7th. Yes, Sunday, June 7th, in your house, takeover. Kurt, how do you feel? I, as long as, as long as we get the house, like, I hope that's the only reason why they announced this is because they, like, blew the dust off the old house set in the back of the performance center. <laughs> they bring that shit out to the camera. That's the only way I'm only going to be excited for this. If there's no house, there's no interest. So, yeah, best better damn well have that house available, and I want somebody to go through the window. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
uh, Dad. Wow. Wow. Wait a minute. To get the cage match. That's not, with, in, uh, that's not in your house. That's not in your house. That's not in NXT. Yeah, but they can make it into a house. But it's not at in your house. That shows on that matches on takeover. <laughs> that's not on takeover. That matches on NXT. I know, but well, I'm <laughs> saying since since the hardware is there, let's utilize it for in your house. Aye, aye, aye. Well, it's fun now. Is I have a take we have a takeover on the schedule in two weeks. Sal, I was really worried about what we were going to cover in June, and now we have two shows. So I'm happy about that. I'm not going to lie. I'm very happy about that. <laughs> So, all right, um, move on. Uh, yeah, Drew Gulak's contract expired after SmackDown last Friday night. Yeah, this is a surprise. This is a big surprise that Drew, that Drew Gulak goes from in a major match with Daniel Bryan on on SmackDown to now a free agent within like within literally twenty four hours. Um, Dad, your thoughts? I. I heard something, and I don't know if it's confirmed or not, but the reason his decision was is that he went and asked for a pay increase, and he was told no because of the economic situation, and I guess WWE made him an offer, but it wasn't an offer he was happy with, so he let his contract expire. So what you're saying is he got an offer and he refused it. Correct. Kurt, your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> so people are wondering if maybe Drew Gulak could be the possible uh, last person involved in the, uh, the big ladder match going on this Saturday at AEW. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think he's in it, but um, good for Drew Gulak, though. There's uh, there's lots of landing opportunity out there once this whole thing clears up. Um, if I was Drew, I'd probably consider going to Ring of Honor. I think they can use him really well over there, and I think they would need his help a lot over there. Ooh, I, 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 I would I, like I to see him go over there. I don't necessarily think he'll be. I don't think he'll be the perfect fit in AEW. I mean, he might be pretty good in AEW, but I just I would just love to see him over at Ring of Honor or maybe take a tour in uh, New Japan. I don't know if he's like a junior. I think he's about the junior size. I I would love to see him in the junior tournament over New Japan too that'd be awesome that would be cool I, I was thinking New Japan I wasn't th- I wasn't thinking Ring of Honor but Ring of Honor and Japan are kind of together anyway well, so what's the real difference you know I kind of echo Kurt sentiment because Ring of Honor needs uh, some good performers in their base as they're trying to get the young wrestlers some attention but you gotta have the old established wrestlers there to give them, you know, their time and to have a great match, and I think you can do that in uh, Ring of Honor. Well, let's move on. We got one more news story. Sal, go ahead. Sal. Hello. Take it, Sal. Uh, yeah, Impact Wrestling announced a new one-hour show called Impact in 60, looking back at the history at the Asylum in the early days of TNA. I'm not going to lie, I actually watched this. I actually watched okay. the show. <laughs> Time out. Okay. And I dropped out.
like 2017. So now they want to have besides their Pluto TV channel? Yeah, apparently. That's what they want to do. That is what they want to do. <laughs> I don't know. I'm interested. I'd watch this. <laughs> I totally would watch this. So I, I am intrigued okay. by this. Because I don't watch Pluto oh, TV. Oh, you don't know how the ratings started with them before. So, okay. Kurt, any thoughts? I mean, they, they Impact always likes to go look into the past stuff more than like they need to focus on trying to make good new content instead of keep going back in time i feel like they keep going back in time so many times i i can't tell you anything that's going on in impact wrestling right now impact's Multiple not making camp. an impact <laughs> like they just they're not making last last news story i heard from impact was when uh austin aries flipped off um uh, oh god what's his name and they're Cyrus the virus, and then he left the company. That was the last thing I ever heard from that company, and that was like what a year ago. I don't I, know. They got they got to find ways to keep making some news. The only the only thing we've been covering on here has been the whole Tessa situation, being world champion, and all the thing. The only thing we've covered on here really when it came to Impact. So, but like other than that, they're not really in, in our news cycle, but I got this, I figured, I got the press release, I figured, hey, let's talk about it here for a few minutes, you know what I mean, like, that's the only reason I even brought it up here, so like, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, so, I apparently, now, my, my screen is being all screwy here, so, what I'm gonna do is, I'm going to, so, anyway, let's move on here, let's, was my, my for some reason my screen that is supposed to be giving us our run sheet does not want to work, so let's try to turn that off. So while while that does its thing, let's move on. We have the Intercontinental Tournament going on this right now going on on SmackDown, and I I would love to put the bracket up on the screen, but the screen doesn't want to do its thing. So we um. First of all, before we get to this, how do we feel about Sammy getting stripped of the belt, Sal? Um, I mean, if it was supposed to be to, you know, in retaliation of him not wanting to come to work, I mean, I, it, it is what it is, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it was exactly in retaliation. I was just, I think it's just more or less in the fact that he did not want to come back until there was an actual, uh, I want to make it up, maybe the middle of next year. So I don't think they can have an Intercontinental mm -hmm. Champion not exist for that long in the company. So I don't know. I guess it's more of a business decision to where, you know, they got, they got to keep the ball moving with the IC title. I, I guess I can understand it if that is the case. Um, as to who is going to take over Sami Zayn's role as a champion, I don't know, but I hope it's somebody that was as good as Sami Zayn because he was pretty damn good. Dad, any thoughts on Sami Zayn being, being stripped of the belt? I think it was the only logical choice that WWE could do. I mean, if you're, you've got a talent that has a belt, but it's not ready to come back due to personal reasons. You know, you have to do what you have to do in order to keep your company going as much as you can. And, you know, by having someone else be IC champion, that's the only choice that was left. 
I guess the only thing, I, I, me and Mandy have discussed this a lot. And one thing, she made a point to me. What's the big difference between Sammy here and what they're doing with the Cruiserweight Championship over on NXT? Where they're doing an interim championship because Jordan Devlin is stuck overseas. And he can't get here due to the travel man. But they're doing the interim championship. Why can't we do the same thing for the IC title? Right. Because my thing is they're going to have a plan in place that when he's able to come to Stanford is now you're going to have the interim and the current champion and have a match between them right. for all the marbles. Exactly. Why can't we do the same thing for the IC title as they're doing for the Cruiserweight title? Because you got a talent that feels it's not safe to come back to work. Oh, no, no. I'm understanding. You, I get what you're saying. My point is Cruiserweight Championship, they're doing an yeah. interim championship because the guy's stuck overseas. They didn't strip him of the title. They made an interim championship. Why can't we do the same thing here? To have an interim IC champion? Exactly. Just like we're doing with the Cruiserweight title. Because here's the thing, I think with that, it would have been a more of a long-term situation because he knew Sammy wasn't going to come back in a relatively short period of time. So you mean to tell me you want an interim IC champion for, what, 11 months, 10 months, 12 months? I I don't think that would go. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, they don't need a constant reminder. Like, this guy's a champ, but not really the champ leading through, you know, 11 months it's a long time to remind true. people that that guy's like you know the fake champion very true very <laughs> true. well looking at the brackets we had elias already beating kid corbin this week we're actually getting aj Styles versus shitsuke nakamura which is ridiculous that's happening on smackdown this week and on the other side of the bracket daniel bryan beat drew gulak we didn't know that was going to be drew gulak's last WWE match but there you go and um the bottom of the bracket is jeff hardy and sheamus Based on this, who would you think is getting to the finals? Um, Jeff Hardy, Sheamus, who's winning this match? Guys, go around. Kurt. Um, Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. Jeez, the, uh, the two guys who have not been around for a long time trying to get their wheels spinning again. Uh, I'm going to say Sheamus because I think Ooh. Jeff Hardy's almost pretty much done so once his contract runs up and he'll probably be going to AEW, I'm guessing. So uh, I'm going to say Sheamus. Dad? My heart says Jeff Hardy, but I think the brain says it's Sheamus. They're getting Sheamus, it seems, this push after, since he's come back. And even though you've had this wonderful uh, saga of, of Jeff Hardy, I, I, in the long term, I think they're going to go with someone that's going to still be with the company for a while, and that's going to be Sheamus. Sal? Um, I don't know. I I have a feeling it's going to be Jeff Hardy winning um, the whole thing, to be completely honest with you. I don't know, just the way that they've been treating his return and everything like that, so... Fair enough, fair enough. I, I'm thinking they put Jeff Hardy in this thing and they had Jeff Hardy and Dana Bryan just to, because I think that'd be a better match to do in front of nobody. So I look at it from that perspective. Um, other side, AJ, who is on the show because he he was put in this in this tournament because he wanted to be in it because this is the one belt he's never held in WWE. So he wanted to be in this tournament. They gave us a reason. And it's AJ Shinsuke Nakamura. Sal, who wins this match? 
Um, hmm. That's hard, but I don't know. I guess I'll say AJ. Okay, Kurt? Yeah, I think it's AJ Styles because WWE continues to once again anger me with their treatment of Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> Funny part is the winner of this match faces Elias. Dad? I have to go with AJ. Uh, since there's no more club, now you get AJ that can concentrate literally and focus on a championship. And I think the IC champion is what he needs because I think that's the only belt he hasn't had. Correct? I just said that. I literally just said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I couldn't listen. hear you because you were, you were glitching there, buddy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, your audio sucks today, Blake. I, I don't know why I'm doing nothing differently. than I normally do. I don't know. That's weird. So, yeah, AJ, definitely. All right, well, here's the cool part about this tournament. We can come back to it next week because we are a Friday show, and this goes up on Friday nights, so we don't have to worry about it. We can come back next Hooray! week without any spoilers. So we can do that next week. So there you go. We'll come back to that. All right, this weekend, all elite wrestling, double or nothing, from the Daily's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> That's a, it's so weird compared to last year. Yay. <laughs> um, by the way, I'm Good old Jacksonville, yeah. The one-year anniversary of All Elite Wrestling and Turner Broadcasting's contract, officially, with this hey. show. So, yay for them. Very awesome. Um, so, before we get to the hate review, I was I was on the Cody Media Call right before we came on the air to do this show. So, I'm going to put the audio in here for everyone to hear. It's about 40 minutes. So, I'm going to put it in here, and you guys enjoy this, and then we'll come back, and we'll preview the show. Thanks for everyone who's joining us today. Uh, as you well know, this Saturday night, AEW will broadcast the second edition of Double or Nothing, uh, this time from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. And if you've been following along on Dynamite every Wednesday on TNT, you know this is going to be big. Uh, with Co- Cody facing Lance Archer in the finals of the inaugural TNT Championship Tournament, Brody Lee will challenge AEW champion John Moxley for the AEW World Championship title, and Nyla Rose will defend her AEW Women's World Champion title against Hikaru Ishida. This timing also marks the one-year anniversary of Time Warner uh, and AEW's groundbreaking partnership announcement last May, as well as the inaugural Double or Nothing pay-per-view in Las Vegas, which followed soon after that announcement. So without further ado, to uh, discuss Double or Nothing and all things AEW is Cody, Executive Vice President of AEW. So now let's uh, turn the call over to Cody for some opening thoughts, and then we'll open the lines for your questions. Cody? Hey, everybody. It has been an honor, really has, for us to continue working and helping provide a, a, bite spot, uh, a bright spot for fans in these difficult times. Uh, I obviously am looking forward to Saturday's Double or Nothing. Uh, personally, uh, my match with Lance Archer for the TNT Championship and us vying to be the, the first individual to wear it. Uh, the rest of the Double or Nothing show will be nothing short of spectacular from the casino ladder match to the AEW world championship on the line really just an outstanding night and if we can you know take a beat and look back this is where AEW began our our first event officially double or nothing last year sold out 
MGM Grand. Uh, the circumstances are different this year uh, with the pandemic and COVID-19, but that spirit exists. Uh, otherwise, we wouldn't be uh, on this call. And just for all those attending the webinar and this call, uh, we wanted to do this safely and responsibly, so we're all in separate rooms. Some of us are in different states. And as I often say on BTE, I'm, I didn't go to college, so I'm not the most technically savvy. So if we have any issues, we'll do everything we can to make sure uh, we get your uh, questions answered. There's a lot more folks on this call than there uh, usually are, so we want to get right to it. And I am glad to start taking questions. All right. Thanks, Cody. So I'm going to open up the lines here. First off is going to be Connor Casey from Comic Book. Connor, can you hear us? Are you there? Uh, yes, I am. You're up. Awesome. Uh, Cody, hey, thanks for taking the time to do this today. Really appreciate it. Um, they mentioned the card at the top of the top of the call, and I was just curious, um, how close is this card compared to what you guys had planned, say, back in early March before so many different things had to change? That's a great question. I actually would say this card, um, you know, just to peel the curtain back a, a bit, 90% of what we potentially had planned. Uh, obviously, we were presented with a curveball, and we're we're at the plate, and we're we're hoping uh, to connect. But not a lot of things changed uh, due to COVID-19 and the pandemic. Uh, in terms of creative, one thing that's just a really bright spot in all of this, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it, is uh, during this period of time, uh, all all the credit has got to go to Tony Khan, obviously the owner and the and the founder of AEW, but I mean big time George Washington crossing the Delaware uh, type stuff in terms of the shows we did in Norcross and the amount of matches uh, we had and the patchwork of of putting these e events together, him, Kevin Sullivan, Jim Morris. I just want to shout them out. But I, to answer your question, not a great deal has changed. We've been fortunate to have uh, our, our stars and our, our lead individuals on the show. And last night, a really nice moment to have not only Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks back, but also Hangman Adam Page. Thank you, Connor. Okay, next up, uh, I'd like to uh, introduce Bill Bodkin and from Pop Break. Bill, you're with us? Yes, guys. Can you hear me all right? We can. Hey, Bill. All right. Hey, Cody. I love doing these. Thanks for taking the time. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about was what's the mindset going into? Obviously, it's a little different with no crowd, but double or nothing the first time. You're the young upstart company, first show ever, obviously a lot riding on it. Now you're going into year one, year, your second year now with Double or Nothing. What's the mindset of you as an EVP and you as a performer heading into Double or Nothing too? I think one thing that's particularly very important to me um, is, is self-awareness. And I, I was aware of where we were last year in terms of going to Double or Nothing. And a lot of things were discussed about the, the product. Uh, there's a lot of folks who joke about how everything we did during that period of time was almost micro-analyzed and, and taken just such a deep dive on everything we said because we didn't know what AEW would look like. And here we are a year in, and this is double or nothing too, as, as you put it, and we're starting to see. Uh, we're evolving right in front of uh, the audience. What is 
uh, the piece of AEW that's the most prominent? Is it the fact that there is such a diverse uh, series of styles amongst the EVPs who all have such a role in the company? Um, is it trending in one direction? So for me, the mindset uh, is, is just to continue to make double or nothing destination programming, to continue to make double, you know, AEW destination programming and take what is, is working and what, what people enjoy. And that's incredibly difficult to quantify when you have no audience screaming and, and booing and things of that nature. So you have to really uh, analyze and hope and, and to some degree guess um, what people may love or like, but I've been very self-aware throughout this process, and I know the company may look differently uh, than it did, but in my eyes, it looks it looks so beautiful because there's such a diverse palette on this show, and I'll give you uh, examples. You have this TNT Championship match, this true sports-based tournament that just crazy the fact that Warner Media and TNT wanted a belt of their own. I can't think of a time in wrestling that the presenting network actually said, we want our own belt. And it was an honor to be in, in that tournament. And then you have Hikuru Shida and Nyla Rose in, you know, no disqualification and no countouts. And uh, you have the stadium stampede, something we've never seen before, taking advantage of the, the stadium structure here uh, in Jacksonville. And you have young upstarts. Uh, it reminds me so much of like, you know, and please don't pick this apart, but I will say it reminds me so much of a young, stunning Steve Austin and natural Dustin Rhodes when it comes to somebody like MJF and Jungle Boy uh, and them just, just vying for who is that future face. The casino ladder match, uh, to have surprises in there and to have that flavor of wrestling presented there and, and there being a genuine prize to it all. It's just a very diverse show. So I guess to answer your question, sorry for being so long-winded, is my mindset is let this be the most diverse show. Let this be a buffet for wrestling, but make sure it's the best damn buffet that there is. Fantastic. Thanks to both of you. Uh, next up, uh, Stephanie Francomi from Vulture Hound. Stephanie, are you with us today? Hi, Cody. This is Stephanie from Steel Chair Magazine in United Kingdom, uh, calling you from France. I wanted to ask you uh, how different as uh, the approach uh, on the to the shows change uh, since you shifted to, since the shift to close arenas. Thank you. Thank, thank you, and always nice uh, hearing from you. Uh, I, this is, this is so wild. There's so many stories online about what precautions, uh, you know, wrestling is taking in presenting this, but just to get in the hallway where my office is here at, at Daly's place, I have to get a temperature check. So not only a temperature check in the parking lot, but a temperature check to get into this hallway. You've seen on the program, if you watch Dynamite, the wristbands on everybody's wrists, uh, doing COVID testing in quarantine situations so that you don't cross-pollinate, uh, the ring crew working uh, overtime to sanitize, the, the use of masks, uh, uh, as much as you possibly can. It's just been a really unique challenge. Doc Sampson and Bryce, our medical team, are already presented with the challenge of a violent wrestling show. Now there's this global pandemic, and they have just 
been so above and beyond and countless hours in making sure that everyone is genuinely tested. No one in this bowl, in this uh, building, no one touching a camera or, or wrestling in that ring hasn't been tested. And that was something uh, that I, I'm very proud of, Team Medical, and how they've done. So that's from the production side of it. From the creative side of it, and again, I, if you've never been on these calls, folks, I get a bit long-winded, so forgive me. But on the creative side of things, I have loved this challenge because you don't have anyone to throw your weight belt to. You don't have that instant gratification of knowing this spot worked, this spot didn't work. You don't have that. And what a way to test your skills. I'm obsessed with wrestling. And I think anyone who knows me on this call knows I'm obsessed with it. So this has presented itself as a, as a challenge that I really want. Because to me, okay, no, there's no one sitting in the crowd. But there are people sitting at home. They're sitting there with their, their you know, family, you know, families together. And they're watching wrestling. And it's my job. Uh, to entertain them and I can't know for sure if I'm doing it and it's, it's beautiful that we have social media there's there is a bright side to social media folks and 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 it's beautiful that we have Warner media to tell us hey how many people tuned in for this and things of that nature and I don't want to get too analytical but uh, I I just really have relished the challenge and I don't want to selfishly speak just to me it's very clear who who really stepped up during this period of time. I'll give you a prime example of that being Chris Jericho. This is a nightmare for a performer, but in a way has been a dream because I think swords have been sharpened. I think people have honed their skills, uh, and they're going to come out of this uh, pandemic as better wrestlers, and that just creates a better wrestling show for the wrestling fans. Thanks, Steph, and thanks, thanks Cody. Next up, uh, I'd like to introduce Bill Pritchard from WrestleZone. Bill, are you there? Are you there? Hey, can you guys hear me? We can. Hello. So, um, I wanted to clarify something. Tony Khan said the uh, TNT Championship was going to be the number two position in the rankings. And I just wanted to ask if you can clarify how that's going to work in terms of, you know, it was probably three through eight, or I'm sorry, three through six going to be in line for different title shots or just some clarification on that? Okay, I can answer that. Could you mute your line because there's a little bit of feed? Oh, perfect. Uh, to, uh, to answer your question about the placement of the TNT Championship, uh, when we got to the semifinals, uh, Tony Khan uh, did address everyone in the tournament individually. Uh, the way it's currently looking is that it will not be uh, that the champion, the TNT champion, will not be ranked. They, he will be listed as a champion, whereas uh, currently John Moxley has big platinum and is the world champion. The TNT champion will not be ranked. Uh, so, so those titles, we're not going to look at them as one and two, uh, and that's because we want to see what what becomes of the TNT title. Uh, and only way we can do that, we can't tell you here and now, hey, it's it's going to be a workhorse title. We can't tell you it's going to be a mid-card title. We can't say any of those things because we've never seen it before. I've literally never seen uh, the belt. So it will it will grow and have an identity of its own. But I can say as far as the rankings go, the top five will all be non-champions. 
so the TNT champion and the world champion will be unranked individuals. The top five does tend to to skew towards well, number one is going to wrestle uh, for the world championship, but we'll see how Tony uh, takes that a step further as someone who's you know a firm believer in kind of the sports-based ladder system that is involved with rankings and the quality of wins and things of that nature. We'll see where it goes, but the TNT champion will no longer be ranked. All right, thanks, Bill. Next up, uh, let's introduce Dave LaGreca from SiriusXM. Dave, welcome. Hey, Cody, how are you? Thank you for this. First off, how did you get, this is a serious call. This is a, this is a, I'm, I'm sitting here sweating bullets. Uh, yeah, this is a serious call, and you're on here. Your question better be the best question asked, or I'm going to come and find you and literally kick your ass. And everyone actually, on this call is a witness of that. It better be the actually, best question ever. I actually have two questions for you, Cody. Um, okay. You know, before we get to Saturday, it's the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back, so I was wondering how you are going to celebrate that today. And then looking ahead to Saturday uh, with Brody Lee, who really never had an opportunity to have a main event match or a championship match, you know, being on the stage you know, really quick after his debut, being not only in a championship match, but a main event match for Double double or Nothing on Saturday? Well, uh, I'll answer the, the latter first. And the, it's a very much a proving ground for somebody like uh, Mr. Brody. Uh, I, I really, and I, I, he probably will likely not appreciate what I'm going to say, but I will say it. I'm very proud of Brody Lee. Uh, in a different aspect in a world that people don't see. Uh, he's stepped up considerably as a leader. This, this locker room is very young, uh, and it, need, it needs leaders. I always was in locker rooms that had great leaders, and the, you know, the wrestling etiquette uh, was taught correctly without bullying or anything of that nature, and the respect aspect of why we shake each other's hands every 30 seconds, it's all right there. And Mr. Brody, Sean Spears, two guys who have really brought that to the forefront, but his match is a proving ground. Um, that guy, that guy can go. Big Rig can go, and uh, I very much look forward to to him and John Moxley. We all of a sudden went from being a very light heavyweight company to the board is now filled. You've got individuals like Wardlow. You've got individuals like Luchasaurus, Mister Brody, uh, my opponent in Lance. You have these super heavyweights converging, and it's really exciting to see. Uh, the former, in your initial question, the Empire Strikes Back, I will have to wait. If anybody knows me, I get very nervous before pay-per-views. I, I don't take in any revelry. I, I, don't, I don't drink. I don't, I don't, I don't party. I, I'm very just singular focused, and I know it can border on obsession, uh, but that's, I, want, I want to win, and I want the company to win. And uh, The Empire Strikes Back, my favorite movie on earth and the best movie of all time, can wait until the work is done, and hopefully that will be Saturday night. And if it's anything like when I normally watch The Empire Strikes Back, Brandy will fall asleep around the Hoth battle, which is right at the beginning, and I will enjoy it and love it and get my wisdom from Yoda as he always gives it to me. So, Dave, I want you off the call now. That was it. And I... Uh, I wish you the best, Dave, in your future endeavors. Okay. <clears throat> thanks, Dave. Um, thanks, Cody. Joe Reedy from the Associated Press is up next. Joe, you with us? Yeah, I am. Cody, thanks for um, doing
doing the call. It, just with um, being at Daly's place for the last couple months, what have you guys, have you gotten more comfortable with the venue and what have you learned as far as maybe expanding and working in different spots? Like I know you did the Falls Count Anywhere match a, a couple weeks ago. Daly's place is incredibly special. It was it was already special for us uh, before the the pandemic. In a way, as a bit of a, a home arena, obviously being the parking lot was where we had the initial AEW press conference. For me, uh, there's a lot of uh, tools in this uh, sandbox in terms of the space. It's something that I, we're so fortunate to have is Daly's and its surrounding infrastructure. I just love the fact that the sun sets. Uh, I, you know, just a personal aside, the sun sets as the show uh, is beginning and going on, and it's a really just kind of a beautiful lighting treatment. One of our master lighting guys, Greg, uh, I know it is a pain for him because he's having to adjust, but I love that, and I love the win last night watching Jake and Arn, Ander Arn Anderson sermonize and seeing the wind blow. To have that open-air amphitheater that is Daly's place, uh, really, uh, it's made things very easy uh, for us. We have a lot of contingencies, a lot of the, uh, places as the world open, opens up that want AEW and Raphael Morphy and Chris Harrington have been wonderful about potentially looking into those places. But if we wrestle the dailies for the foreseeable future, uh, I would I would have no problem with that. It's a tremendous place and I can't thank the Khan family enough for having it available. Uh, for us to work and for us to work safely. But there's a lot of, to answer your question, a lot of tools in that sandbox. Uh, Flex Field is behind Daly's Place. Uh, the bridge on the club section goes over to the main stadium. Uh, so there is, there's a lot of room for us within the show to play with in areas you might see. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Cody. Uh, Jim Barcelone from the Miami Herald is up next. Jim. Yeah, thank you, Cody. Um, follow a little bit up on that because you did answer it a little bit in the previous question, but Florida and Governor DeSantis has been the leader in opening up to pro wrestling. Does it make sense to remain in Florida and Jacksonville because of no crowds rather than to travel to other states, no crowds? Or is the plan as more states open up moving forward to go to other states' venues with no crowds? So I would say the plan right now is to to stay in one spot, and the reason being, you put your you put your talent and your production in, in at risk when you when you move uh, the the show around. And obviously, we can meet that risk with proper medical management and the testing and the temperature checks and the quarantine aspect of it all. But it is easier. Uh, to, to be in this one spot from now. I don't want to get in a rhythm where we're stuck because I, I do hope that the world safely opens back up where the fans can come back in the seats. That live aspect of what we do is incredibly uh, important. But if it was up to me, which it is not, uh, I shared the executive role with three other wonderful gentlemen and Tony Khan makes the final decisions. But if it was up to me, I would stay here uh, until it's time to let fans back in and even potentially let fans back in at dailies first. You know, I, there's no secret that the parking lot's starting to fill up with fans. I made a little trip out there yesterday. Uh, you know, we can't shake hands or hug, but we can at least acknowledge one another's love for the industry. But uh, 
it's the safest decision to stay here uh, while the uh, pandemic and COVID and that situation uh, as we move through it. Thanks, Jim. Um, we've got a number of uh, journalists who have uh, written their questions in, uh, which is which is a feature that's available. And we'd like to start with one here, also a Jacksonville question uh, from Darren Paltrow at uh, uh, V13 and the Paltrowcast. And the question for you, Cody, is, is there an AEW accomplishment that you're most proud of uh, to this point? And then since that you're now spending a lot of time in Jacksonville, what do you love most about being in Jacksonville? What do you love most about being in the city? Accomplishment, you know, I, I, I'm not always like I am in some of my interviews in terms of uh, I don't really have a braggadocious personality. So I, I know there are some milestones we've hit that are really special. Uh, but one maybe that I've pat us on the back is I'm very excited for the AEW Unrivaled toys uh, to hit shelves, uh, Wicked Cool Toys, Jazzwares, uh, Dana Massey, Mark Kaplan, Nick Sobic. What a just wonderful job on, on immortalizing the roster and uh, making a product that is for uh, fans, collectors, the hardcore collector, but also the kids who are watching the show, the kids who will play uh, with these action figures, just like I played with my figures and had all my battle royals and things of that nature. Um, that's something, and maybe it's because I'm literally sitting here working on the edit for a piece of <laughs> content related to it, but that's something that I, I really am proud of us uh, for doing. And again, I said it on the call, and I don't want to harp on it but the the shows that took place in the, in the nightmare factory me and qt marshall's wrestling school which is not affiliated with aw but we happen to have that infrastructure to do our those four shows and i was so proud uh, if you've ever seen the movie the replacements with keanu reeves it felt a lot like that there were so many young uh, men and women uh, who stepped up uh, a lot were in enhancement matches some were in very competitive matches but to, to see them and to, and to get to know them was special, uh, all of them. I, I tried to list as many as I could in a social post the other day. Uh, but some of them won't be replacements moving forward. Some people in this you know, dark time, their bright spots and some contracts might have been handed out, <laughs> things of that nature. But uh, I was very proud of, of those shows, the Nightmare Factory shows. And I, I'm very proud of the AEW Unrivaled toy deal with Jeremy and Wicked Cool Toys. And then my rant, I forgot if there was another part of your question. So if I didn't answer it, I apologize. Well, we're good. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll move on so that we can get to as many people in as possible. So uh, next up, I'd like to introduce Stu Myrick from KTXXFM. Stu. Stu, are you there? There we go. Now we're good. Damn technology. Cody, greetings from the mighty ATX. Hey, buddy. Uh, quick question. Is there an adjustment that AEW has had to make in light of COVID-19, in light of the pandemic, that you could see carrying forward when we get back to some semblance of normalcy? I think it's an adjustment that a lot of businesses are probably have seen the same one that I'm going to identify. It's wrestling if you've ever been backstage at a wrestling show 
Uh, everyone shakes everyone's hands. Uh, there are different reasons, and it depends on who trained you. They'll tell you why. I was always taught they're picking you up. It's their responsibility to put you down and send you home to your family safely, whatever it may be. But the handshaking aspect and that type of uh, physical nature may be something that is passe. I was talking with Colt Cabana about this the other day. Uh, it's disappointing not to be able to shake hands and, and hug and things of that nature, but if it prevents this, you know, this virus, if it prevents it from moving to one person to the next, then it's a measure that should be taken and perhaps something moving forward, handshaking is not as prominent as it was in wrestling. So that, that's one in particular. And on top of the litany of, you know, if anything also, we have now a whole new chapter in AEW history with crisis management and how we handle this. God forbid another pandemic presents itself or perhaps there's a pandemic on, you know, the forefront and something that's been forecasted. Well, we can do our best as a company uh, to make sure we're practicing the pre uh, best practices to prevent it and do things safely. We all were handed COVID-19 pretty much with no clue uh, uh, what to do. I think we're a little bit more prepared in crisis management as a company. Thanks both. Chuck Carroll from CBS. Chuck, are you with us? Um, Cody, my question is, what if, God forbid, somebody in the company does unfortunately test positive right now for COVID-19, the coronavirus? What steps are in place? What measures are there in place that would ensure that you all would be able to continue moving forward? That's a great question. The testing is done under, under quarantine measures. Uh, you have scheduled out uh, blocks uh, for the testing, and Team Medical is the very first uh, individuals to be tested. So there is, there, there is no cross-pollination. We don't have, because they're not done at Daly's Place, they're done under the quarantine measures, meaning uh, if you were to test positive, uh, you would then get the no-swab test to confirm the positive, or perhaps it was a false positive, but you would not be uh, in proximity uh, to any uh, uh, of the talent, to any of the crew. They've also separated. The crew has, a, uh, their testing measures are done elsewhere, and the talent testing measures are done elsewhere. So those are also two locations. It's been a lot about spreading out uh, per our, you know, dual doctor role, and we also have multiple doctors because you then could cross-pollinate potentially if there's a, a positive on a test. So we have it set where it would not shut down the production. And I am absolutely not rooting for a positive test, but we do need to keep in mind, and UFC just went through this, we're testing everyone who comes into our bowl, everyone, everyone who you can see with your own eye. So if a positive test was to come forward, well, it would just indicate that the testing does work and that the measures need to be taken. We, however, have been incredibly fortunate to have no positive tests. Hopefully we have no positive tests moving forward. But doing them under quarantine measures, according to Doc Michael Sampson, as some of you may know, um, he's been in the wrestling industry quite some time, uh, has been the right call for everybody. All right, thank you. Emily Pratt from Uprox is next. Emily. Oh, sorry, I had the same question about someone testing positive. You, you got another question? You want to come up with something? Uh, let's see. 
What's your um, favorite? I'll ask you a question. I'll ask you a question. What's your favorite energy drink? Oh, probably Red Bull. Just a Red Bull, huh? Yeah, very basic. I'm What's digging the. My favorite energy drink is the Bang, and I have uh, my fridge has a bunch of peach mangoes in it at the moment. So that is uh, that's where I'm sticking. Now I'm trying to break off of caffeine like this, in in terms of the super creatine Bangs and the C4s, and I'm trying just to go back to black coffee or perhaps even like the extract, the green tea extract, just because we're the guinea pig for this aspartame generation. And I don't know if these things are going to be any good for us uh, 20 years from now. But, hey, I got a lot of respect for a Red Bull person. It gives you wings. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Emily and Cody. We're going to go to the, uh, to, to the emails here, the text questions, uh, to the AJ Awesome Show. <clears throat> AJ would like to know, Cody, if there are any advantages uh, anything that's been like a positive of, of having shows without fans in attendance? Hmm. I mean, I think the overview, the overlying advantage is that you're really tested as a performer and a competitor. How do you tell this physical story with no fans to help you, with no uh, background music? Uh, to ride so that over that that's been a positive but to be frank there really hasn't been any other positives in terms of we very much miss the fans we miss each other it is there is a need as a wrestler uh, for a fan and you know Hulk Hulk hulking up uh, every aspect of a really good wrestling match and the psychology of it, it depends. And I know there are different flavors, but wrestling depends on the crowd and, and depends on one another. So we're now working for this crowd that's at home and we're hoping and we're guessing and things of that nature. Uh, but mainly that positive has been becoming a better performer and a better wrestler. But overall, I can't say how much I miss it on a personal level. And I know the locker room misses it. On, on on the fans and and hopefully we can have them back soon fantastic uh, next question is from Zach McGibbon from TSN Zach are you there thank you all uh, I just wanted to ask a question surrounding uh, Mike Tyson in terms of how he was able to come in you mentioned earlier that about 90% of the card had been uh, planned out before the pandemic. Was Mike Tyson part of those original plans before the pandemic hit, and how did that deal come together with Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson is actually somebody that we met as a company at Double or Nothing last year. And over the course of the year, uh, we've come to really respect him as a, as a fan uh, of what we do, and he's a, a hardcore uh, AEW fan. I would say, though... That's one of the, the last uh, touches uh, that was that was put on uh, double or nothing uh, in terms of who will be the one to present that championship and, and someone with a element of prestige and that is what Mike is there uh, to do uh, Saturday night. Hopefully he will be handing it to me, but he is there to hand the championship uh, to Lance uh, or myself, and it's been fun to get to know Mike over the past year. 
Thanks, Cody. Uh, next, we've got uh, a question here from Michael Shalik from sescoops.com. Uh, comes in from the from the text. Will we see the TNT Championship belt before Saturday night, Cody? Well, I haven't seen it. Dang it. Uh, things leak in wrestling. Uh, you never know. I know there are some, uh, as we kind of go over and uh, a format uh, this this wonderful show, which we hope is the best AEW show to date. There has there has been talk of potentially uh, it it being it being seen before, but I think my personal preference would be to see it live for the first time uh, when it comes comes out of the bag. Not unlike how Bret Hart presented uh, Big Platinum in the AEW World Championship. Uh, so I would lean towards you're not going to see it yourself until I see it for the first time. Uh, but you, you never know. Fair enough. Okay, we're going to go back to the to the text line here. Lewis Brown from Hooked on Wrestling. He's got a question. We've seen a lot of big stars come to AEW, but who on the roster currently on the mid card do you see as being the next breakout main eventer? Oh, well, I mean, the answer is not an answer I like giving, but it, but I think everyone sees the same thing. MJF is destined for something incredibly great. Uh, he he truly is. He's he's a very different type of wrestler. Uh, is a very adaptive type of wrestler. Uh, I look at what him and Jungle Boy have on Saturday as a snapshot of the future. They're both growing. You know, physically wrestling is a physical company and we you know wrestling physical business we have so many light heavyweights but to see them train as hard as they do to eat properly uh, they're both putting on good drug-free healthy size and they're both expanding their game they're not even even near their prime uh, jungle boy somebody sammy gabara every week has done something on television that has made you want to look into sammy gabara more uh, i don't know why it's all the bad guys but sammy uh, incredibly special if you have the sheet is another person who could break out the fact that she's really diverse and if you check out her social social media it's the definition of wholesome in terms of a worldwide and uh, global star wardlow i i'm going to sit here and name every wrestler we have uh because i really believe in uh, a great many of them and whether friend or foe and max is definitely not a friend it's my job it's it's my job to to present, you use the term mid-card, that entire mid-card, as they're not stuck in the mid. They're, they're climbing uh, to the top. Darby Allen, I could, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Darby. This incredibly smart, growing as well. Uh, it's just a very special, you know, the, there's the potential for a great many people to slip into the main event, especially with a ranking system. Uh, you take a look at best friends potentially slipping into the number one contender spot based on their buy-in. Trent Beretta alone, though, is a really stout, stout singles wrestler and somebody who could break out uh, and be a legitimate contender. There's a lot of options, uh, and that, I hope, is a sign of a great company, uh, and I hope guys will meet those challenges when they arise. Thanks, Cody. I've got a couple more here that are coming in on text. <clears throat> Next one comes from Daniel Wood from Sportskeeda. Creatively, is there anything you, Cody, or any of your colleagues have attempted 
only to realize it just doesn't work in an empty arena setting or without an audience? Uh, it's a great question. I mean, there's there are things that that maybe not work isn't the term as much as maybe aren't personal flavors, but there's been an aspect of experimentation. One example is the microphones. So people will ask you, why do you got a microphone? There's no fans. Well, the microphones are actually for the cameras as well. There are lob mics are available and stick mics. Uh, so that's something that's been kind of always, I sit back on the shows I'm not wrestling on and a little bit of a sticking point, like why do we need these mics? But then when you take away the mics, you can't hear what anyone is saying unless you lob mic them. I'm getting uh, very uh, technical here. Uh, but one thing we have been fortunate to have is we do have the boys and girls on the roster there in the crowd, and they're obviously they've been in the they're all industry folks, so they're the most jaded audience you could get. But to be able to move them in any way is actually a great barometer of how things are going in the ring. So we've not had to just have crickets or silence uh, because we've been able to have the boys and girls in the in the. Uh, in the seats, uh, you know, at, at socially distanced and things of that nature and with masks. And again, everybody is tested. Uh, but that's really made it so that we're not just dealing with utter silence and uh, that alone scares me half to death. I mean, that's the wrestler's nightmare is, is silence. So that that's one thing. The only thing to really answer your question that I get a little iffy and sticky on from time to time is our use of microphones when we have no main uh, large mass gathering audience. Okay, great. Thanks, Cody. Um, <clears throat> let's see, we got uh, Richard Jones from Fox Sports Rochester. Any word on the talked about second show uh, in, in Rochester? Oh, we're, hey, we're going to make it to Rochester. We're, 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 we're going to get there. We, uh, I've, I really like something that we've done in terms of shows have not just been canceled. Almost every show that we've lost has, has been postponed. So you'll probably in the next, I'd say, two weeks uh, see some new presented dates uh, with potential shows. And I'm hoping. You know, everyone has their own theory and speculation, and everyone's an expert on when fans are going to come back and when they're not going to come back. But I would hope, I would tend to think sooner than later if we can do it. And maybe there is you know, a small gathering, and there's there could be limitations to it all, but uh, Rochester will for sure happen. That was a show we were really, really uh, looking forward to. I, I particularly wanted to see Brody Lee in Rochester uh, just because I know uh, that's his hometown. So it, it, it's not something that's going to get pushed very far on the back burner. The only live event plans that might take further to, to replace or renew is any international live event plans because that we're, we're, you know, just like everybody else, we're, we're waiting for when the borders will open up and how the borders will open up. I got one more here on text that I'd like to share with you, um, Cody. <clears throat> this comes from Christian Hubbard uh, from the Illuminati. Um, his question uh, is, Broken Matt Hardy will team up with the Bucks and Kenny Omega and Hangman this Saturday, collectively as the elite. Is Hardy an official member of the elite? And what do you hope that he accomplishes in the company? Matt Hardy is wonderful. He, last night, I got the privilege to 
sit outside and just have a beautiful view of the Jacksonville waterfront with Matt and to hear him tell stories to some of the younger guys and really special veteran who is, you know, not unlike my brother is able to continue to go. It's really great having his, his presence. As far as the elite is concerned, I'll go ahead and say it. It's probably the most controversial thing on this call and I don't mean it to be. The elite more than anything is the original, the OG, and that being Kenny Omega and Matt and Nick Jackson. That that's the heartbeat of it all. Those guys are are glue, and they do everything individually uh, together. And, and they're, I mean, look at it. Kenny was PWI's wrestler of the year last year. Uh, Matt and Nick Jackson. I don't know how many tag team accolades they've won, incredibly polarizing figures, but they're polarizing because they're damn, damn good. That's the elite. And then you've got kind of the uh, expanded universe elite and, you know, Hangman Adam Page and uh, Marty Skrull, bless his soul. And I would assume that Broken Matt is uh, is trial by fire here as someone who's uh, under the elite banner. I'll tell you on a personal level, the reason I go so hard on the Nightmare family and the jackets and everything is out of respect for the elite. This is that That's their world. It's, it's an honor to have been selected to be part of it uh, and to have, have been with those guys. Uh, we're, we're a family, uh, and that's very, very special. But at the end of the day, the OG will always be – the OG elite will always determine who is elite, Kenny, Matt, and Nick. And uh, I think Matt gets a – what would you call it, a battlefield uh, promotion, perhaps, to the elite. All right. <clears throat> Thanks, Cody. And I just realized we're, we're at 45 minutes. Uh, so, unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap up. Um, it's been fantastic. Cody, thanks a million for your time. Uh, and on behalf of Tony Khan, Cody, and all the executive vice presidents, everyone at AEW, thanks for joining the call today. Uh, per our custom, we'll be distributing an audio copy shortly, so be looking for that. And obviously, if you have any questions or comments, you know how to how to reach us. So again, thanks a million for everything today. We look forward to connecting with you on Saturday night for Double or Nothing, and uh, wish everyone the very very best uh, to you, you and yours, uh, your families, your loved ones, and all that during these times. And we'll look forward to seeing you on Saturday night. Thanks, everyone. All right, Double or Nothing this Saturday. I'm not going to lie, this has actually turned out to be a very stacked show. <laughs> a very stacked show, all things considered. So I give them a lot of credit for this. <laughs> um, we'll go bomb to the top. We'll start with the buy-in. And we have, and by the way, the buy-in is only a half hour. Look at that. They know how to do half-hour pre-shows in AEW. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, we have a number one contendership match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. This doesn't make any sense because the best friends already in the number one team in the rankings, but whatever. We're doing the best friends versus the private party. I expect the best friends to win again because they are the number one team ranked already. Sal? Yes, 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 yes. I know we're on video, but this is still an audio show. This is still an audio show. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kurt. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's pretty obvious, especially since there's been like little to no hype going into private party whatsoever, which I uh, go figure. But yeah, uh, best friends.
I'm feeling bad parties in this match mainly because they've been on the outside celebrating and they're getting rewarded for all the fun they've been doing on the outside. Um, Dad? I guess friends because they seem like they were focusing all their concentration on that and private party hasn't any type of notoriety for, for a long time. Uh, but do you think that private party seems like they're a little bit of a ripoff from a team in WWE? The Street Profits you're talking about? Is that what you're going for here? Yes, exactly. I, I don't think I've ever seen the private party um shoot uh, throw axes, so I don't think they're a ripoff. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, there's some similarities that basically they can't sorry, infringe on uh, copyright restrictions, but hey, give it time. Maybe Private Party will decide to play Frisbee golf. Who knows? Are you, are you telling me that they're dissimilar because they're black? Is that what you're trying to say here? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Private Party's glass is half full, so let's, let's yeah, break I the glass. I think the glass is like an eight full. <laughs> the solo cup is half full. Oh my God. Hey, hey, hey. I, I well, say, where's Toby Keith when you need him? I want to say something. I said that, and then Kurt put his hand up like, oh my God, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> that was a very part of that. That was hysterical. All right, let's, let's get on to the main show. Um, another man who I'm convinced is being rewarded on this show just based on the fact that he um, did so much on the TV tapings, Sean Spears is taking on Dustin Rhodes on this pay-per-view this match was added like literally in the final hour of the show this week um with real no hype whatsoever they just really want to put this match on the card um i kind of expect dustin to kick sean's ass um sal um i i i thought dustin rhodes was done with the loss in the tournament uh, am I wrong? I don't know. I don't know. I honestly couldn't tell you if I wanted I to. He vowed if he lost to... Um, Sabian. If he, if he lost to one person... Was it Sean Spears? I forgot. He I vowed if he Kip lost Sabian. to him, there was going to be out, but he won that match. Yeah. And I guess he turned around and went like, well, I guess I still got a career now. And then he... <laughs> <laughs> well, was it... Wasn't Sean Spears the one that hit Cody with that chair shot? Yeah, over a year ago now. He's been living off that and for over a year. Of you <laughs> okay, <laughs> here, here's the thing. Now you look at it is that Dustin's getting revenge. Well, there you go. I'll Unfortunately, it took a year to do it. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I guess Dustin went to think Kurt. Uh, yeah, Dustin wins, and uh, there is – Spears got to stop this whole uh, weird uh, news gimmick that he just all of a sudden dropped on us. Yeah, I'm, uh, I don't, I don't want to. It just doesn't look right for him. No, no, let me say something. No Sal... newscaster has a Mr. T and Mohawk. They don't. I will say something. Sal has not seen AEW yet, so he has no clue what we're talking about. But trust me, Sal, there's a segment that came out of nowhere on this week's Dynamite. They'll be like, what the fuck did I just see that led to this match? Like, <laughs> it's one of those segments. Like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> so, all right, let's move on. We have, um, hopefully this match is happening and Britt Baker isn't hurt. <laughs> Dr. Britt Baker taking on. Okay, noted. I'm going to make this match. They have no choice but to do this. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> all right, um, let's move on. We have a match. We have a, a female's match. It's non-title. Look at that. That's a thing. Dr. Britt Baker 
taking on Chris Danlander. Wow. Hopefully, Baker is okay, because I know she got hurt on Dynamite, so hopefully she's okay to do this match. Um, if this match goes off as planned, Kurt, who wins? Uh, yeah, hopefully Brooke Baker's all right. She's early. Like, you had all of Nyla Rose, like all of her, laying like right on her shin and knee. Like, yeah, I hope she's going to be fine, and I'm actually surprised we haven't heard any medical updates this morning, so I guess she'll be fine. Uh, in that case, I think they should give her the win because of that sloppy ass mistake. Yeah, uh, I can I can go with that, Sal. Uh, you forgot the DMD, so because of that, I'm picking her. <laughs> Damn it, Sal. Um, Dad, go ahead. Hey, when her initial stand for dungeon master or what i mean no uh, i gotta go with brit because they're giving her this big push and it's gotta basically lead to something because if it doesn't then your creative has to start all over again because they fucked up i wouldn't say they fucked up they made they made tony giovanni a best friend a bit baker so there you go um <laughs> for that reason brit breaker wins this match um Let's move on to a match that, when they announced it, seems so fucking random. But then they put, and then on Diamond this week, they actually made me care. It is MJF taking on Jungle Boy. Um, yeah, it's a match that's happening. Um, Dad, you start. Is is it just going to be MJF by himself and Wardlow's not going to be there? I, you can always assume. Or are Wardlow. we going to have Wardlow in the corner and then Luchasaurus in the other corner? Well, Luchasaurus is in the ladder match, so I don't think he'll be out there. Okay. You always assume Wardlow is so going to be the thing, there. right? I would love Jungle Boy to kick MJF's ass because he needs a good ass kicking. But then we know that Wardlow's going to step in. So right away, you know, my heart goes wrong, but I think MJF is going to take the match. Kurt? Oh, uh, yeah, MJF is going to run away with this one. Um, the, the, the hype trains behind got the videos. They're playing them up. Uh, yeah, truck up another one to MJF. Fair enough, Sal. Uh I believe he's still technically undefeated, so let's just keep going with that. So I say MJF. Yeah, if, it, if he wasn't technically undefeated, that'd be different. But I just don't see them putting Jungle Boy over MJF, even though Jungle Boy deserves it. So, MJF. All right, let's get to the first of our of our couple of gimmick matches we got going on here. The Casino Ladder Match. Now, this was explained finally on Dynamite this week. So, how this is going to work. Um... All nine competitors will come down in a 90-second intervals. There will be a chip above the ring. I don't know what the hell that means, but that's what they said. Um, and the winner <laughs> will receive an AEW World Championship match. They were saying the future, and then they advertised it for Dynamite next week. So I don't know what any of this means. But we have a list of competitors. I don't understand. Oh, well, okay, sorry. My favorite part was that um, at one point, Excalibur goes and says, oh, you all nine people don't have to be in the ring to have a winner, which also is dumb, but that's a whole different story. Um, so here's our competitors. We have Darby Allen, Cole Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, Scorpio Sky, Kip Stabian, 
Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, and a mystery man to be named later. Okay, two questions for everybody on the panel here. Who is the mystery man, and who wins the match? Sal, you start. Sal, you start. Um, I'm I'm picturing a literal casino chip <laughs> just dangling above the ring <laughs> by a piece of string. That's what I'm picturing. Um, Brody Lee, I don't know. <laughs> Brody Lee, okay. <laughs> Um, Kurt? Kurt? Vacant guy? I think uh, Mr. Vacant is going to be Rustov, of all ooh, people. Ooh, okay. um, ooh. I believe he is able to do that. Uh, he does not have a 90-day compete because his contract ran on naturally. Uh, but I think Scorpio Sky is going to win it because I think they put some, you know, video packages into them to make it seem like they're going to put the old push train behind them. Uh, it'd be hilarious if you won just being like the first two competitors in the match. Like, the match only lasts 50 seconds and nobody else comes out. That'd be, that'd be <laughs> Sal, because my, um, my Zoom jumped out for a second. Who did you pick to win? Um... Uh, Brody Lee, my 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 mystery partner, okay. my mystery. Um, that's what I thought. I just wanted to double check. I jumped out and jumped back in. It's okay, Dad, go ahead. Uh, I think Darby Allen is going to win, and the mystery person, Zach Ryder. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, that's fair enough. Since he's good friends with Cody, what better way to make an appearance? Fair enough. I don't, I don't know if he can. That's about, I'm not sure if he can. That's the problem. I was going to say, I think he's got the 90-day no-compete because he got released before his contract ran up. So exactly. I wish it was him, though. That's the only reason, I, the only reason I'm having issues with that is because of that 90-day thing. Um, that's well, why I... My, isn't, my, Ru- isn't, Rusev t- isn't Rusev tied to the same thing, though? I, I no, he was released uh, about a couple months ago or something. No, no, he got released in the same long. group. He was in the same group, dude. Rusev was? Yeah, he was in that same group. Oh, I, don't know, I kept hearing that he... All right, then I'm going to change my mystery guy to Pac. I think it's going to be Pac. Okay, fair enough. Ooh. Get him back to the country. Ooh. I like that idea. I like Ooh. that. Um, Because he was on the show this week, which was weird. It was weird that he was on the show this week. So, all right. Around his apartment with no shirt on. That was so weird! <laughs> oh my God. Stop, this video is amazing. It's so fucking weird! <laughs> so anyway... My um my mystery poet was actually going to be Drew Gulak, only because of a one-off. I'm not even going to say he's going to be with the company. I think it's going to be a one-off because they're going to take advantage of the fact he was just on SmackDown that they're going to have him on their pay-per-view for no other reason. You know what I mean? That's what I'm thinking. He won't win the match. <laughs> my pick has been Darby Allen since they announced this thing. But if they're really doing this match next fucking Wednesday, which is really, really stupid, maybe Scorpio Sky makes more sense. But I'm sticking with Darby Allen. All right. Uh, let's move on to the Stadium Stampede match. This is a thing that is happening. Um, <laughs> um, apparently, the ra- there will be rings set up at the 50-yard line, but 
false count anywhere in the entire stadium. I don't know. Don't know what the point of the rings are, but it's there. <laughs> I don't understand it. Um, and of course, here, was the, here we go. The Inner Circle. Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, and Santana Ortiz versus the Elite. Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, the Young Bucks, and their helper, Matt Hardy, in some character. I expect all three of them to show up in this match. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. You forgot to include Vanguard 1.3. Vanguard was not on the show this week, so I'm not talking about Vanguard. He is he is wrestling on on behalf of Vanguard 1 in remembering in remembrance of him. Um, Sal, okay. your thoughts and your right. pick. What do you think is happening in this damn thing, and who's winning this damn thing? Uh, is it safe to assume that this is replacing the blood and guts match? I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I think the Elite's probably going to win. Uh, I really don't think Inner Circle needs the victory. Um, and Matt Hardy is going to um, transform into six different personalities, and three of them are going to get the victory. <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hey, hey, time out. Are you saying that Matt Hardy is kind of like Sybil? Well, he showed up in three freaking personalities. And he, he he went into a cooler and came out in a different outfit. Like, come on. Like, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt, your thoughts, Sandy of Stampede. Um, I'm going to say Inner Circle, not for any particular reason, just basically off a hunch. Um, I think it's gonna end with Jericho tapping on Hangman in the linebackers uh, meeting room. <laughs> also, Matt Hardy's gonna get stuffed into a locker and he's gonna transform in the locker. <laughs> Dad, go ahead. I'm gonna go with Inner Circle, and that uh, Jericho is gonna hang Hangman Page. Uh, right in between the goalpost. Wow, you went there. You went there. <laughs> <laughs> gonna Using his own rope. He's gonna he's gonna use his own lasso though, but you know. Wow. Are you guys saying clue? <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> okay, clue. It's okay. Oh, so oh, I wanna play I wanna play Guevara with the candlestick in the conservatory. <laughs> By the way, hello, Kurt. Hello. <laughs> Damn, that was good. All right. Um, I, I guess I, I'm gonna pick the elite mainly because of the fact that the they they made this big humongous deal about the young bucks and Hangman Page. By the way, Sal, I know it's a spoiler for the end of Impact. Did I make this speak? But I have no choice. But you'll 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 see the hilarity of Hangman Page running a 50-yard dash in boots. That was hysterical at the end of the show this week. That was one of the funny things I've seen in a long time. Um, and not falling, which is even okay. more impressive. But um. I'm gonna go with the um, <laughs> the elite winning. One of the Bucks getting the pin. I, I don't. I I. What's weird is I, I'm hoping they pre-record this just so they can have all kinds of stupidity and weirdness because it's gonna be more fun that way. You know what I mean? <laughs> I really do hope. But um, that's hopefully, gonna be fun. Hopefully they got the concession stands all stocked and all set. 
Well, of course they do. And if anything, Sarah Kavara could still, could pay for concessions with the money that he got from the ATM in the last match. <laughs> I hope they pick a field goal with Sammy Guevara. <laughs> <laughs> with him like a football? Between the uprights, then it's good. Boom. Oh, my God. All right, moving on. We have the AEW. Well, you know, the Sammy Guevara, the love god. I um, mean, the Spanish god. Spanish god. All right. Um, okay. AEW Women's Championship match. We have no disqualifications, no count outs. It is Nyla Rose defending against Akira Shida. I'm going to go with that pronunciation because apparently there's three different ones on a diamond episode at a time. So I'm going to go with that one. Um, Kurt, you first. Hikaru, Hikaru, hi, Karu. Hello, Karu. Um, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick. Uh, He's, I guess I was going to go on Nyla Rose on this, but then I realized that Kenny Omega is a bad booker for the women's division, so therefore, Hikaru Shida, I think, is probably going to win the title. Hikaru. Hikaru. Um, Sal? Uh, you have to say it like how she said the Hikaru Shida! I honestly don't think that's the same. So, right. Sound like I'm taking a shit. <laughs> I... I see title change. All right, um, Dad. Dad, your thing, your turn. Go. Uh, I'm gonna say Nyla Rose because I want to see a match between Nyla Rose and uh, Britt Baker and and have Baker come out on top with that match. They won't do that because it's heel versus heel, so they won't do that. But I, that, for the same reason. Oh no! I think you're gonna turn. Here's the. I think you're going to turn Isla Rose into a baby face. That's not possible with that character she's playing. What? That's not even possible. Um, I'm what? Think, go... about it. think about it. If you turn Isla Rose into a baby face, think about it. No, I don't. I can't think of it because it sounds like a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go Hikaru Ishida to uh, win the belt. A no disqualification, no combat match because they really wanted to get this belt off Nyla Rose and they couldn't do it for the last 12 weeks because of the quarantine situation. So <laughs> that's what we're doing. Um, let's move on. We have the AEW World Championship match. This is a real thing, people. It is John Moxley defending against Mr. Brody Lee. This is actually happening. Um, <laughs> um, Dad, you start. Well, since uh, Brody Lee has the belt, and uh, we all know that Brody Lee is getting the wonderful gang together, I don't see Moxley coming on top of this. I really don't. I, I think it's going to be a Brody Lee. That's a, wow. That's a, what's a shock? Oh, the shock. I think you're in the minority on this one. Of a pick. Kurt, go ahead. Yep. Yeah, Moxley. Um, oh, and don't get me wrong, too. I still don't think he stands a chance in hell at winning the world title. I also don't like where his gimmick was going with this weird Vince McMahon knockoff in a cult type thing. I just don't. I don't like anything that he's doing right now. So I'm hoping when he loses the Moxley, he'll go back to the drawing board and hopefully come up with something cooler. Yes, yeah, Sal. 
Uh, yeah, I think Moxley is going to win, but then, you know, Brody Lee is going to be in that ladder match and win another <laughs> title shot, and then Apparently go for it next, next pay-per-view. The show is going to be in a weird <laughs> order, according to Sal. This is going to be a whole weird order. Uh, <laughs> um, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Dark Order is probably going to throw in the Freebird rule. So, what? No. They'll bring out their newest member, on? 11. What are you on? 11. <laughs> what the hell are you on this week? Turn up to 11. Okay, I'm going to go Moxley. Easy. Um, because I just don't see them taking a belt off him anytime soon, especially without crowds around him to get into the match. I just don't see it happening. Um, I'm, I'm assuming this is the main event, mainly because of who they have presenting the belt. The AEW TNT Championship match. It is Cody taking on Lance Archer. With old men on the outside and Brandy. Um, <laughs> I, Mike Tyson will be presenting the new championship belt to the winner. Uh, th- I I don't know what to do here. Sal, you start. <laughs> um, if, if the title is literally going to be a big giant TNT logo as a center plate, I'm going to be really pissed. <laughs> So that's going to look A-W really hella ugly. With a tiny AEW logo on the top. Itty <laughs> <laughs> bitty little AEW logo on top. Um, um, I'm going to say... I Honestly, I think one. I'm going to say Lance Archer. Just for the simple fact that they're billing him as this like unstoppable monster of a man. Uh, and, and, you know, why not? So, I say Lance Archer. This is one of the tougher main events they've had in a while. Kurt, go ahead. It's a tough one for me. I It could go either way. Um, just as a random guess, I'm going to say Cody. I think I think Cody might win it. Uh, which, by the way, he needs to stop putting his logo literally everywhere. Himself, <laughs> yes, truck, I agree. <laughs> You want to talk about the biggest mark for himself in the business? Oh, it's Cody. It is definitely Cody. <laughs> I think he'd even admit that one. All right, Dad. Funny. That's not what Brandy says. Okay. All right, well, pick a pick. A, pick, a, pick, a, pick. Uh, I was going to say Cody at first, but then I'm going with Lance Archer only because I think you're going to probably see some interaction between Jake Roberts and Arn Anderson, and Arn Anderson inadvertently costs Cody the match. Wow. Okay. I, I like that. I do like that, actually. I really like that. Um, My gut feeling is they're going to put the belt on Lance Archer, but at the same time, what the hell is Tyson doing here? And if he's not going to punch somebody in the face. So, like, what is the point of having Tyson here? So... Um, I'm going to guess Lance Archer wins and then pisses off Mike Tyson and then Mike Tyson gets punches at Lance Archer and that's all over ESPN on Sunday. So that's what I think is going to happen. So, Wait, no, no, no. I, I can see Mike Tyson punching out Cody and Arnold Anderson. Oh, well, I, I don't oh, know how this punch is off tattoos. Oh, I hope he can punch off tattoos. Oh, no, you know what? No, no. You know what the problem is? Kurt, Kurt. <laughs> Tyson would actually respect Cody for the awful tattoo because he has the awful face tattoo. So it works out evenly. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh, my God. Legend has, it, legend has it when you put their tattoos together, it forms a treasure map like a national treasure. Would take <laughs> I heard, I heard, I, I think it was on the, um, 
um, the, the I forgot pocket of the Hurdy Stop. Someone said that if you combine their thing, you can get the cure to um, you can get the, them their tattoos and Lance Archer. You get the cure to COVID. You might all three of them. So, what's <laughs> the roadmap to the cure? Oh my God! All right, well I guess that is our show, and we should wrap things up. So we'll play this. And Sal, what are we closing the show with? Uh, this is the new Luke Bryan one margarita, which I'm I'm not gonna lie, I'm very shocked we've never actually played on the show. You know that? <laughs> I'm very shocked by this. So, Indeed. Um, Sal, why don't we bring up the run sheet so you can do your thing? And oh, I have my phone. Oh, I have it on the screen now. So there you go. Okay. Go for it. All right. Sal. For more information on our show, including where you can uh, listen, uh, just go to theblakeandsalshow.com our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages, and leave a comment uh, or a rating and review, and we will read it on show. Thank you. Yes. Um, next week, we will be looking at the results of um, Double or Nothing, any news that comes out. And I have a little surprise up my sleeve with these two. I, I have something else up my sleeve. Sometimes you got to find a way to fill, to fill some time and inspire it by another podcast. <laughs> So. Is it going to be a new tattoo? No, I'm not getting a new tattoo. That's not going to happen. Kurt, a big anything you want to plug? Do I have anything to plug? I never have anything to plug. I'm just sitting here in my bedroom just enjoying podcast opportunities. Uh, you can find me here in Rochester sitting here for money. Um, that's, that's it. I have a band right now because of this stupid... COVID thing. So uh, everybody just stay safe. That's about all I got. Fair enough. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll plug something for you. You were over on Wrestling Night in America this past Sunday over on the torch. And that's on the free side of things. So you can go hear that. There you go. Yes, Perfect. if you want to go back and listen to some podcasting glory, be my guest. There you go. All right. That all being said, Dad, say your thing. Hey, as always, it's been your pleasure. And please, no matter where you live, if you have an independent wrestling organization in your town, Please patronize these people. Show them some love. Uh, these wrestlers have merchandise that you can buy from them. Hopefully uh, real soon. I don't know when. We're all going to go to wrestling matches again. So please, if the wrestling is active, go patronize these people. This is the future of professional wrestling. And these young men and women want to give it their all to please you. So with that, everyone, please be safe. Stay safe. Do what you have to do. Because we want to see you basically come around and be at all these matches. So once again, it's been your pleasure. Yeah, by the way, June 20th, the next BCW show officially announced. So maybe we'll go. Yes, it I is. Have decided if we're going. I got so the we'll news from Frankie. Out. Yeah, I'll figure that out. All right, that'll be said. Out of here. Thank you, um, All Elite Wrestling, for inviting me on the media call and getting me, um, getting us to get that audio earlier on the show. Thank you, Kurt, for coming on the show. This is very cool. Hopefully we can get you on during your full hour some more. That'd be fun. Um... <laughs> And so what's going on here? That'll be said. I'm Blake. I'm Sal. I'm Mark. And you've been listening to the Blake and Sal Show. <laughs> and he's Kurt. Day, everybody. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> hey, Boy, they we're all in this together. Thank you so very much. Goodbye, and good night.